So on this podcast, I'm joined by Adam Kennedy. Thank you for joining me, Adam. My pleasure, Regan. Thanks very much for uh, inviting me on, mate. It's uh, it's a delight to be here. What was your your, your general thoughts on Scotland last night, then, Adam? Um, my general thoughts were the first half was brutal. Um, I can't remember as much of a waste of forty five minutes um, as watching that first half. <laughs> if we're being totally honest with regards to the first half, I think we were lucky to be on level terms, given it was a, a fantastic save from Craig Gordon. Um, to deny the Pharaohs what was an absolute sitter in the end um, and probably fortunate to not find ourselves 1-0 down at, at half-time. Scotland got the win eventually through Lillian Dykes and he's the first guy to score in four consecutive games for, for Scotland in a very long time, Adam. Yeah, I see it since, is it 94-95? Was it Scott Booth the last, the last one to do it? And I think the Pharaohs were coincidentally in that quartet of fixtures that he managed to score in as well um, yeah. and you know me I'm a sucker for a stat and statistically speaking we have improved under Steve Clark he's had his doubters he's had his critics myself included but I noticed that that's the first time Scotland have recorded four consecutive wins since 2007 so the fact that we've had to wait over a decade for four victories in a row Alec McLeish's team back in 07 and obviously now this, this current group under Clark it was a great game on Saturday against Israel as well. It was a very tough watch. I mean, for the the first half of the game, I thought Scotland were terrible, but we started to go into the game and second half was a great, a great showing by Scotland. These games, all the pressure is put upon you and the vast majority of Scotland fans will assume that we should be going up to the Pharaohs and taking three or four off them. So I often wonder, if, is there more pressure in these games despite it being a perceived weaker opponent? Um, and look, we had our chances in the second half. Scott McTominay hits the side netted for one. Billy Gilmore had a couple chances from kind of just outside the box. Um, I thought John McGinn should have scored a couple minutes before we eventually get the winner. Um, and again, Billy Gilmore for yet another uh, chance at the edge of the box. So... He was perhaps unlucky not to find himself on the score sheet, but thankfully, Lyndon Dykes, thankfully, Lyndon Dykes did um, and ultimately bailed us out ahead of a massive match against Moldova next. Yeah, and, and obviously VR's been a big talking point for us over the last few games. What, what do you make of VR? Oh, I, think, I think we'd all want VAR introduced if it meant that we'd reach, you know, the correct decision on a more consistent basis. However, for me, an SPFL ought to prioritise the competence of officials rather than, you know, their toys to play with in essence. You make the referees full time, give them proper training, and then we'll see what happens. We'll take it from there. I'd, I'd, I wouldn't like to see VAR introduced with the current state of Scottish officials, put it that way. Yeah, and obviously Steve Clark was the manager who brought in London Diggs. That that it seems to have been a big, big move for Scotland. Definitely, and I do quite like a focal point up front. But listen, the proof's in the pudding. As long as he puts the ball in the back of the net, I couldn't care. Does a striker's that one chance? And ultimately, since Scotland have had a centre forward. 
that can find the back of the net on a consistent basis. And it looks like at the minute he is that guy. Yeah, I mean, if you just look at it from when Clark brought in Diggs, he, he took out Mike Burnley, who I thought was one of the worst football players to play in the Scotland shirt. <laughs> I wouldn't disagree with that. I think Ollie Burke as well certainly didn't do his reputation any favours. Um, you can name a couple joke figures that we've had up front because <laughs> Stephen Naismith was even carrying them at a point now and now he's involved in the coaching setup. So it just goes to show how threadbare it was once upon a time. Yeah, I, I just wanted to ask you, in terms of you said you've had your doubts about Steve Clark, what is it you've had your doubts about, Adam? I've had my doubts about Steve Clark in that I just felt as though the football was often too conservative. Um, I think if you look at the starting 11 for the Pharaohs match, Craig Gordon's the only Scotland-based player and yes, there's the talk of that numerous of our, or that the vast majority of our playing squad are playing down south, whether it be in the Premier League, the supposed best league in the world, or the Championship, supposedly at an elite level. And yet we've squeezed past the Faroe Islands 1-0 in this respect. I know that the Danes also squeezed past them, um, but I just feel at times we're too cautious and there ought to be kind of Sometimes you sometimes you can overcomplicate things or don't let players play their natural game. And I think this Scotland squad is as talented a squad as I've ever seen. But sometimes they're not given the license to go out and entertain. Sometimes it's just that wee bit too defensive. Albeit, now he's shutting me up because we're gaining sufficient results. So what, what can I say? The thing for me last night was I thought he should have played two up front instead of playing Fraser and Ryan Christie. I'd be intrigued to know what Kevin Nisbet thought of that, particularly when he's brought on what in about the 80th minute. So 10 minutes to effectively seal the deal for Scotland and try and nick that last gasp winner. Um, I think Ryan Christie, look, everybody talks about Steve Clark's loyalty. I don't know whether Ryan Christie, just because Che Adams was out, and Steve Clark's hoping that he can repeat his tricks in Belgrade. Um, I don't know. He's, he's given that free roll, but with one up front and three at the back, I, I can't say I'm a fan. Yeah, because I found it strange, especially that uh, Patterson's been playing so well, and obviously McGregor. I don't know why he took out Patterson and McGregor as well, Adam. And there's Patterson, pops up with a cross for Dykes' winner last night. So... Again, I'm I'm with you, mate. I think Nathan Patterson just should start it right back for Scotland for me. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you, mate. I think that Nathan Patterson should be Scotland's first choice right back. Um, but ultimately, he's trying to displace one of, if not the best player in Scotland currently. Um, so, because um, I think he's much more of an offensive threat than Stephen O'Donnell is. If we're wanting to play an expansive game, Nathan Patterson's your man because we've seen his delivery even for Dykes' winner last night. We've seen what he's capable of at such a young age. The the only thing that goes against Nathan Patterson is his lack of game time at Rangers. So, Yeah, I mean, I just want to go back to something uh, we spoke about Saturday there in the game. Do you think that was one of the best atmospheres that you've seen at Hamden Park? I mean, that- 
I mean, I was at the game, and it was incredible to see Adam. I've got, to, I've got to be honest. I'm, I'm very envious of those that did make the trip to Hamden. Because I was actually working Saturday night. Um, some of us have got a graft out here, but I was, uh, I was listening to Sports Sound as I was driving my delivery van, and uh, the noise from the Scott McTominay winner was something else. I mean, I'm pretty sure that it drowned out Liam McLeod, who was covering it uh, for the BBC. So I, I obviously had to pull in in disbelief that. For once, Scotland had nicked a last-minute winner and it hadn't gone against us. Um, and I'd be lying if I said that I haven't watched the clip of the winner a, a good few times over. <laughs> um, in terms of next, we're playing Moldova, right? And that also secures a playoff spot. Are you feeling confident? Um, <laughs> quietly. Yeah, as, as as confident as you can be with Scotland. Um, I think, listen, the this break, I, I think it's a case of job done, first and foremost. The Israel game was the big one in terms of them being the supposed trickier opposition, the fact that we held, obviously fell behind so early on to equalise and then immediately concede again before eventually nicking it, I think speaks volumes about the squad's character. Um, and we've proved against Israel that on our day, we are a decent side. I think the Pharaohs match wasn't great, but I think perhaps we ought to put things into perspective because like you say, beat Moldova and that's a playoff place secured. So yeah. if that isn't enough incentive to go over there and claim three points, then I don't know what is. Yeah, I just now want to ask you about Obviously, you spoke about there that the Faroe Islands wasn't great. Do you think that shows a great progression under Steve Clark that we can go to places and, and win games when, when Scotland's not playing too well? That's where my kind of criticism has come from initially. Um, but listen, I think football is all about momentum, isn't it? And he's choosing these players because he wants a club feel for the national side. Winning's a great habit to get into, no matter how ugly or you know flamboyant victories come. A win's a win. You, you know, you, you claim three points regardless of if you stuff a team five, six nil or scrape past them one nil. So I can see now why he was thought of so highly by Kilmarnock, because he was grinding out these victories, you know, week after week. And it seems like now we're finally getting to the stage where that's proven the case with Scotland. Albeit, I had my doubts and he has proven me wrong. So long may it continue. Yeah, I mean, Adam, yeah, me too. But I'm telling you, I wouldn't be complaining if we scraped by 1-0 into the, into the 2022 World Cup. Oh, definitely not, mate. By any means necessary, just get us there. Yeah. So now I just want to... Chat to you obviously about the the playoff. Have you had a look at the, the who we could play in the playoff? I'm I'm wanting to avoid Norway first and foremost because yeah. the thought of Erling Haaland absolutely terrifies me. Um, if you'd asked me who I'd like, probably leaning towards Romania or Austria. We've proven that we can beat Austria in Vienna. Um, but we'll wait and see with regards to potential opponents. It's, I think we'll obviously get a clearer picture further down the line, but at this current minute in time, I'm leaning towards Romania or Austria and hoping to avoid Norway, like I say. 
and we need to have against Sweden or else Romania as well because there are two options that we could beat, especially the the, the semi final will be at home as well, Adam. Yeah, definitely, mate. I think the uh, the Hamden game is going to be massive. And listen, you know the Tartan Army are up there, if not the best fans in the world. And that backing, I'm fully convinced that it wins games single-handedly. So, fingers crossed that that's the case come the playoff. Yeah, and I just want to finally touch on um, something that we spoke about before, and that was that game against Israel. In terms of that, I thought the finish from John McGinn was superb. And then the composure to come back from... From 1-0 down and 2-1 down with Superb from Scotland. Yeah, undoubtedly. And I think we've got several match winners on our day now, which is something that we've not had for a good few years. Um and that, to be fair, is testament to the, the work that Steve Clark's done in recruiting the likes of Lyndon Dykes. We're yet to really see the best of Che Adams in my eyes. John McGinn's always a great goal threat. So that trio in particular for me are certainly capable of, of grabbing the headlines from a Scotland perspective, definitely. Yeah, I mean, something that just cropped up to me in the last 30 minutes was that um, Lyndon Dykes won't be playing in Moldova. Do you think this could be an opportunity for someone like Tony, uh, Tony Watt, who's playing well in the Scottish Premiership? Potentially, although again, I, I really felt for Kevin Nisbet last night. I thought, if we're being honest, and the way that Scotland would look at it is that the Faroe Islands would be weaker opposition and that Kevin Nisbet might get his chance up front. Um, I think, should he not start against Moldova... I think serious questions need asked as to when he is going to get that sufficient game time. I would have loved to have seen Tony Watt in the Scotland squad personally. I think he's earned it with his performances for Motherwell um, this season. He seems in, in really good form at the minute, does Tony Watt. Um, but if I was a Motherwell fan, I probably wouldn't want him going away with Scotland. As daft as that sounds, I'd selfishly want to have him fit and available for the club every week as opposed to going away with the Scotland national team and probably not even getting a look in. Finally, want to ask you in terms of you, Adam, talk to us a bit about your, the podcast that you do. Yeah, so um, I, I formed a Hearts blog called Perth to Paisley, um, which I've since turned into a podcast, me and my good friend Daniel McIver, um, chat about Hart Midlothian Football Club on a weekly basis. Um, sometimes it's brilliant, sometimes it's brutal, but we try and kid on like we know what we're talking about. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. It's a good laugh. It's one of the highlights of my week. Um, and I'd appreciate it if you are of a maroon persuasion, if you if you could check it out, that'd be very much appreciated. Yeah, I would say to everybody to check it out. Um I, just, I finally just want to ask you, Adam, what is your expectation for your team this season then? This season, we've certainly made a much better start than I'd initially anticipated. I would be happy with 
a European spot and a trip to Hamden. That's what I'd really like this season. I'd be content with that because I think we've got to remember that we are just back up and that I think is a sufficient building block for a couple campaigns to come. So we'll just wait and see how it all pans out. But we've been down this road one too many times before where hearts have come, you know, flying at the blocks, gathered loads of points early on, a superb start, and then it all just crumbles away. So hopefully that's not the case again this season. Knowing you like I do, I know that you're going to Ibrox this weekend. What are you thinking ahead of that? Um, look, I think Rangers haven't really been at their best so far this season, and that probably speaks volumes about them, given that they're a point ahead of us. Um, and I, I just think it's going to be a really entertaining game. Albeit cautious to begin with, but look to hurt Rangers kind of on the counter then you never know. I could be pleasantly surprised on Saturday afternoon. We'll just need to wait and see. Adam, it's great to have you on. And I'm, I'm sorry the Wi-Fi down here is not the best for you. Thank you very much, mate. Appreciate it.